0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show.
2: Good evening, America. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm Michael Blooming, Jr., and my co-host is in the studio with me today, Chauncey Brown III, We have a very uh, great lineup tonight with uh, we have Sonia Laboska with us. We're going to be talking about aviation security and the threats that we have um, to our uh, nation's national defense um, through terrorists trying to harm American citizens and also other citizens. As we've seen with the uh, airplane that was shot down, the Ukraine airplane coming down in Iran, we saw that how aviation security is so critical and how easy it is for terrorists to attack us or a rogue nation and then to try to brush it under the rug. So we have a lot of things to talk about tonight. Um, we have a lot of great um, guests who have been coming on the show, and we're very excited. I have Sonia on tonight, and uh, Chauncey, thank you so much for uh,
1: for co hosting the show with me. Well, uh, Thank you, Mike, to the American people. And, yeah, we have a great show tonight with Miss Labosco Air Marshal, I believe, and a president of the Air Marshal National Council. Yeah, aviation and uh, aviation security uh, should be our top priority in the nation, especially after the unfortunate act, as you mentioned, of the downing of the uh, Ukrainian and air. But security as a whole uh, is important for our nation in these very difficult times with terrorism, with various diseases around the world. We have to secure and protect our border because we don't know who's coming in to our country and who's going to harm or affect the American people.
2: Absolutely. You know, we have to think about um, our nation's defense and it's not just here, it's also uh, in foreign lands. Um, when we see uh, the terrorists and um, the rogue nation who are trying to kill Americans in, uh, in a detrimental situation. So we have to be aware We have to make sure that uh, our Air Force security and our our people working at the airports are aware of what's happening. If you see something, you have to say something, and I'm sure Sonia is going to be able to talk a lot about those little details. Um, And also we have to eliminate the bomb-making materials from making its way into this country, and one of the ways that terrorists try to do that is through aviation.
1: That is duly noted. Uh, and we need to have our government try to express more of these things to so the public. I mean, they just think that securing our borders is just against illegal aliens, and that's not true. And I'm glad that we have Ms. Labosco on the show today to narrow it down and point out uh, how national security is important and how we've dropped the ball and how hopefully we can correct national security, enhance its safety across the country as best as we can. Uh, I just want to make a little footnote during our show, a little news note. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, said that tomorrow she's going to call for a House vote and send articles of impeachment over for uh, to the Senate or for a trial. Uh, it's a shame that politics has dominated the environment of the people versus serving the people's will at this time. But the people in America... I think realize that this is a sham and um you know, hopefully we it goes to trial and hopefully we'll have witnesses that'll come out and tell the truth. I just think it's a shame that all the tax dollars wasted on the time of the judiciary hearings in the House. Uh that there was no factual witnesses. Everything was hearsay and based on that they voted to impeach him. It's really a shame that uh, if they can impeach a president who didn't break a law, as you always talk about, Michael, our liberties, our freedoms, our Second Amendment, our First Amendment is being threatened right now, and we have to do whatever we can to protect our rights and protect the Constitution of the United States.
2: I agree 100%, because you know what? These disimpeachment champs shouldn't even be going on. Um, it, it wasn't bipartisan. It was, you know, they walked party lines, and there were zero Republicans that supported this impeachment. And that and, and this is a duly elected president. So you can't go out here and try to attack and change the voters. I mean, th- that's really sabotage. You know, they're going out here and they're trying to undercut the Constitution, and they're trying to, you know, you can't do what they're doing. And as, as President Trump has been tweeting, it's totally unethical what they're doing as far as trying to undercut our country. You, it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense. We have a process in place, and we need to follow that process. And you know, just to make up your own rules, that's ridiculous. Now, the Senate, there shouldn't even be any witnesses in the Senate. It should just be boom, boom, closed book. Uh, this is just a black eye that you know the leftist has put on America because the american people aren't stupid they're realizing what is happening and i'm out in the streets every day since i'm running for us congress in florida district 21 the people are tired they don't they don't want to see this it just drags on i mean you look at the russian hoax and now ukraine you know the american people are tired they just want peace you know they want to have a better quality of life you know we were still dealing with skyrocketing medical expenses for senior citizens and and more homelessness that's uh, attacking our retirees because they can't afford to live on, on their wages that they're getting from social security. And so the cost of is, is hurting them. And so you see a lot of people that may have owned businesses or they, you know, they own property and homes. And now, you know, they're forced into um, it's happening all over America. They're forced to being able to um, just have, you know, go by an a meager everyday expense. Meanwhile, they've worked hard their entire life.
1: Michael, I couldn't agree more. And the most, disappointing is that we have the Mexican-Canada trade agreement in Congress that they're not voting on. They haven't voted on infrastructure spending. You mentioned health care, border security, Education, we can talk about so many issues where the Congress has dropped the ball by not serving the American people. And if we look at these same individuals, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Shifty Ship, if we looked at all of these individuals and looked at their districts, it's a shame. It looks like a third world country with feces on the street, people living on the street in California. This is America. And when you want to put illegal immigrants when you want to put anything or anyone else above America and its people, you should not be in office because you are duly elected to represent the Constitution of the United States and the will of the people. And this Congress and the Democratic left has failed to do that.
2: Well, yeah, the thing is, is that, you know, you look at immigration, you can't have open borders because when you have people coming into this country, then they're drawing society they're not contributing they're not playing, paying taxes and we don't know if they're a harm to our national security and to the american people in our neighborhoods that's why sanctuary cities are terrible and this is the last thing that we need is uh, places like virginia sure. trying to eradicate um, the second amendment and take away our guns
1: i couldn't have said it more correctly is our rights and liberties are being threatened and people are waking up and they're tired of watching these so-called politicians. And I'm glad that Donald Trump is our president because he's reared the ugly head of these individuals because he disrupted the swamp, cut off the lobbying money, and they can't do business as usual. And that's why they want to get rid of Donald Trump is because he cut off the cow, and they're all upset. And, you know, we need to change the face of this nation. You know, it's America first. It's not anyone else outside this country first, and even looking at some of these Democratic candidates sticking up for a known terrorist for over two or three decades, it's a shame. How can you stand up for the loss of a life of a dictator, of a killer, of its own people, and say you want to run for president of the United States? I really find it appalling and troubling.
2: Well, I agree 100%. And that's why I think, you know, it comes back to ensuring that our borders are secure, but also that um, the amount of access that terrorists have to this country is limited. And that's why, you know, aviation security is really critical. That's why I'm glad we have Sonia on tonight. And uh, I think if she's on the line, we bring her in, that she'll be able to talk to us about a lot of great things and, and developments and things that I could work on when I'm in Congress to ensure that the American people are safe.
1: I'd like to uh, bring on the air, former retired Air Marshal, I believe, and president of the Air Marshal's National Council, Ms. Tabasco. Welcome to the show.
0: Well, Chauncey and Michael, thank you so much for inviting us to participate in your your conversation tonight. Of course, there are so many issues pressing our nation right now. Every time we we turn on the TV or, or open a newspaper, we know that there's some new issue that's going on with the impeachment process. And one thing that we are are just very pleased about is that you guys have not forgotten about those that are out there towing the line every day. They are the last line of defense. The men and women in the Federal Air Marshal Service are out there keeping our country safe. They're doing the best job that they can do. And we are doing this on a huge string. And, Michael, when you get to Congress, I hope you know that we're going to be in your office and we're going to be working with you because we have got to
2: change what's happening
0: within the federal air marshal service.
2: Our luck is going to run out. I, I agree 100%. I actually just flew back from Missouri today where I was swim, uh, filming campaign videos. And uh, as soon as I got back from the airport, I went to uh, local VFW for a meeting to meet with our veterans. And then I also was at a, American Legion after that. And thank God Chauncey called me because he's like, we got the radio show. It's like, yeah, I'm always working in this community and that's why I'm running for Congress. And that's what makes it so different is that I care about these issues because as you said, one time we're not going to be lucky and someone's going to slip through. And that's be the time that we're going to have a, uh, you know, a nat- national tragedy. And we can't afford to have that happen. We need to ensure that people are given the tools and the training they need to do their jobs. I support the community 100%, and I will do that for our troops. I'll do that for our our aviation security and also for the individuals who are lobbying for groups to keep our country safe because it's really important. But for me, the most important thing is ensuring that an organization is vetted and that they're actually bringing the results because when you see in Congress – a lot of fraud, waste, and abuse. So you see government contracts that are handed out, and I did a lot of work for the federal government when I got out of the military, and these contracts are handed out, and no one's bringing uh, the deliverables to the table that are being promised, but where's the money going? Or is it going to, so someone can have a, a 200-foot yacht in the ocean? Is it is it going to offshore to Saudi Arabia or to Iran? Where are these funds going? And so these are the things that I really want to crack down is, the flow of cash from government contracts, and also limiting government while we're being fiscally responsible, which I think ties in to a lot of what you stand for.
0: Well, Michael, you, you hit the nail on the head when we want to talk about the money. Uh, the money that is spent in the, the TSA Federal Air Marshal budget, our budget right now is about $805 million for the Federal Air Marshals, And one thing I want to point out since Since 2003, we're part of the Transportation Security Administration, which is a regulatory agency. We have never, as a law enforcement entity, been able to penetrate this group or be part of this group because it's a regulatory group. You cannot put a law enforcement agency underneath a regulatory agency because our missions are different, right? We're to catch the bad guys. We're out there to catch terrorists. We're not out there to trump up metrics to Congress to get an inflated budget so we don't know where the money goes. Since 2003, the TSA has been audited, inspected, and investigated by DHS OIG over 160 times. 160 reports since 2003 have been submitted to Congress in regards to this TSA and their inability to measure the mission and their layered security approach. And the federal air marshals have been screaming at the top of our lungs, get us out of here. Put us with a a credible law enforcement agency, Homeland Security investigation, Customs and Border Patrol, put us in ice. Don't leave us here. We have got to make a move in an effort to enhance our national security.
2: You know what? I agree. That's great. You know, because the thing about federal government, and that's what I learned under president, former president Barack Obama when I was in office is that you grow government, but then the results are less. And I, I can't understand that concept. And that's the first dose after serving in the military where I really understood that something's out of line. Something's not right because you have to be efficient. You have to be lean. If you're a business, you have to do business in an efficient manner. And then when you, one of the things I find out – this goes – this drills down to uh, uh, the Second Amendment as well. When you look at access to firearms and assault rifles, right? The, the Second Amendment, people have access to those weapons, which I think is a good thing. That's our rights under the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But what happens is, is that you have a background check system where you have about four agencies – Nobody's talking about this. This is what I want to do when I come to Congress. You have about four agencies that have to go through this process, and everybody in the intelligence community, you have a lapse in information that's being shared. Then all of a sudden, a terrorist is able to get their hands on a gun. It's not a person going to a local gun show or a collector or somebody who wants to have home, a home protection for their family. It's a terrorist, and they're on a list, or they're able to have access to a gun. And because our intelligence community, because of the process, that's how this information is disordered. So a lot of things I believe in are based on being proactive. And when we do this, we can join forces instead of having five different layers before you're able to solve the problem, which is just inefficiency 100%. One of the things,
0: too – And of course, we don't have time tonight to go over all the 160 reports that have been submitted to Congress, to the oversight committees, to the governing bodies in Congress, in regards to the Federal Air Marshal Service. But there are there are. Let's just hit on the top three reports within the last three years. In 2018, DHS OIG stated the results of their audit was that 272 million dollars dedicated to ground-based activities within the FAM service could not demonstrate how activities contributed to TSA's mission. $272 million. What do you mean it doesn't contribute to the mission? How is that not measurable? How does your own government entity come in and investigate you, provide a report to Congress, and still there's no answers to this report from 2018? When is that question gonna be answered? Who is going to answer to this report that I have in my hand in regards to the $272 million that's been put out? That's taxpayer money. That's my money. That's your money, Michael. Chauncey, that's your money. That's our parents' money. That's our children's money. That is our money that's being thrown away with no result.
1: Amen. You are absolutely correct that we have to, Start monitoring. I'm, thank God that I have this show with Michael and I have my own platform. We have to break through the red tape of the face to get this information out to the people. We have to save our country, our Constitution. This budget and money is going to control. And these new candidates running for president right now, all they want to do is spend more money. And my kids and my grandkids are going to put the bill and shame on them.
0: It is a show. So, That's uh, just one report. A- That's just one report. December 2018, there's another report. DHS OIG, it's classified. Now, we can't get the results of that report yet, but, Michael, when you get to Congress, now you're going to have backdoor access. You'll be able to read everything that we can only read in an unclassified man- manner. December 19, 2018, DHS OIG stated again they have identified 394 million dollars in funds that could have been put to better use. That is 666 million dollars just in two reports
2: that were sent to Congress. Where is that money?
1: That's unconscionable. That's
2: a good question. That's a good question. And then you look at um, you know Hunter Biden and all these other things that are happening, and this money's getting siphoned off. The problem with U.S. Congress and, and what's happening in this country, we're selling ourselves out to the highest bidder. We've been in debt for many, many years to China and other nations, and pretty soon China's going to own our, our our ports. And and these are these are the kind of things that we don't have. We have the IRS, right? That goes and does an audit of the American people and business owners. We do not have an audit on the federal government. I don't understand that, but I will want to be a leader to try to do that. We need to have an audit of the federal government. You know, we have these spending cuts, we have spending, one program gets cut, another gets funding. Where is all this money coming from? Nobody questions that. Nobody understands where the money's going. So those are the kind of questions I think are very important to ask, and you know the American people deserve to know the truth. I mean, the things that are so concerning to the federal
0: air marshal now is we have screamed at the top of our lungs. We've gone to every internal avenue that we've had for grievances. We've gone to lawsuits. We've gone to federal court. We've gone to Congress. At what point is it going to take for the American public to realize your experts, 18 years later, the tactical elite workforce that we are, are telling you, we are not doing the right thing. TSA is not the right agency. We are not enhancing national security. We're actually making it less safe.
2: We're actually making it less safe.
0: What is it going to take for someone to hear those words?
2: So, Sonia, what are some of the solutions and what are some of the, uh, the recommendations from the work that you've been doing? Uh, I was going to have Robert McClain on the show with us today. He wasn't able to make it because, as you mentioned, because of a pending lawsuit. So what are some things um, that you could talk about that aren't classified?
0: The first thing that we need to do is we need to be transferred, reassigned, to a true law enforcement agency. Homeland Security investigations are ICE. We were in ICE when we first were started after 9-11 and the agency ramped up. You know, the air marshals have been around since 1961. Every president, from John F. Kennedy to Ronald Reagan, saw the value and having Federal Air Marshals. 2001 happened, we went from 33 Federal Air Marshals to thousands. In 2005, DHS Secretary at the time, Michael Chertoff, felt the need to take our group, the Federal Air Marshals, and reassign them from ICE over into the Transportation Security Administration. There was no rhyme or reason to that. We can only, only believe at this point that Chirtoff wanted the money and the budget from the FAMS to go over to TSA to try to enhance their screening equipment and things in the airport that we have no mission to do. It was all about the money. And the pain that we have been through since 2005 is unconscionable. We have got to go back to a law enforcement entity that is not run by Francine Kerner, the TSA Office of Chief Counsel, who needed waiting boots on. She was so deep in white water. And here this woman is, she's back and in charge of our group at the Transportation Security Administration and she has pigeonholed us and she is ruining the efforts to protect our country and something needs to be done about TSA Office of Chief Counsel Francine
2: Kerner. Wow, that's really brave of you to bring that up and to talk about these things openly. When I work for the federal government, that's one of the things that I found very frustrating um, as an investigator, I work in the Department of Labor. I was an investigator. I worked in employment law, and I investigated government contractors for discrimination against minorities, women, individuals with disabilities, and veterans. And what I found is is that the process is so elongated, and when you try to speak up about the problem, that you get kind of blacklisted and nobody wants to listen because there's so many inefficiencies in government. And these are the things that no one's talking about. What kind of backlash have you had, or what are some of the challenges that you face with trying to speak out about this?
0: Every, every day, Michael and, and Chauncey, every day, being a federal air marshal, the minute that you walk into the office, if you ask a question and raise your hand or want to point out a way to do something better, you're going to face the most immense retaliation you've ever faced in your life. I think. The one thing that has definitely kept me motivated and moving forward are the fact that my brothers and sisters are counting on me. They're counting on the Air Marshal National Council to bring their message to any level that we're We are going to go to the media. We're going to go to Congress. We're going to go to federal court. We have been to every court, Office of Special Counsel, EEOC, the U.S. District Court, you name it, Office of Federal Operations, we're there, and we're going to dig, and we're going to dig deep, because you know why? Every one of us that saw those towers fall on September 11, 2001, it changed us, right? We weren't products of war. I had never, I've never seen an act of terrorism on our home turf until that day. That will never – that is burned in our brain forever. And because of that, we're going to push forward, and there is no one that's going to silence us.
2: I think that's really important, Sonia. Um, we appreciate that information because, you know, that's what it takes. You know, for this country and the attacks that we're under when socialism's at our doorstep, it kind of all ties in. When you look at special interests, you look at the federal government, you look at being fiscally responsible, um What are the main threats because of this mismanagement of funds, as you're reporting on? What are some of the main threats and gaps that we have as a result that that could really have potential high-capacity impacts on the American people? One of the biggest issues that we're having
0: right now is the concept of operations. The TSA has come in, a regulatory agency, and told the law enforcement element, the Federal Air Marshals, how and where they're going to sit on the aircraft and how and where they're going to respond to a threat. That, number one, changing our tactical makeup on the aircraft is unbelievable. I cannot believe that that this agency has been able to do it. They didn't go to our experts, our air marshals that have been flying 18-plus years, and even ask their opinion, hey, can you do your job if we tactically change you around? Can you do your job if we try to change your positioning no they didn't ask anything all they did was shove it down our throat and said hey by the way we had we came up with a great idea let's try this out it doesn't work that way Michael you're from the military Chauncey you've got you you guys know you do not go past your experts to try to make a metric for Congress to say every day we turn around we're changing our concept of operations consistency matters Being able to work in a team, when you're in a team environment, you need to know what your teammate is thinking, doing, and you have to have your eyes on that teammate. Body language is 90% of what we do. Verbal communication is only 10%. When you can't see your partner on a plane, you are not effective. And the TSA, we have screamed at the top of our lungs, and once again, they're not listening because what we're doing doesn't matter to them. It's all about the metrics in Congress. Our seating is not effective. It is unsafe where they have us in the aircraft. I don't want to go into too many details, but I'm just letting you know what they have done tactically. We're less safe.
2: But I appreciate that, Sonia. Now, when it comes to the cockpit and, you know, terrorists aren't smart. Um, for an example, you know, most Americans, we don't think about things. We just assume that there's a process in place and it's going to be safe. And in this first segment, we have a couple minutes left here. What are some of the things that Americans can do that are listening to the show if they, they're on an aircraft and they feel that, like, you know, how can they do their citizen duty in addition to what the air marshals are doing if they're, there's an, an impediment to their success?
0: Well, I mean, We know 9-11 happened, right? There's no what ifs there. We're working in an environment that we know in aviation that can turn on a dime. Anything that is suspicious, anything that seems out of the ordinary, first, report it to the flight attendant. Ring your call button. Let them know. You can do it quietly. Get up and walk to the restroom. Call the flight attendant over. Take some type of action. I'm not telling you to physically get involved, but if you see something, you need to be alerted. There is nothing more valuable than the eyes of not six, eight, ten people on a plane, but the eyes of 170 passengers, right? If everybody understands that when you get on the aircraft, you should be looking around for your own protection as well. The one thing I can tell people is when you feel something's not right, you need to say something about it. Don't sit there and quiet. Ring your call button. Get up and go to the restroom. Talk to the flight attendant. Find out if there's a law enforcement officer on board. The flight attendants know if there's a a law enforcement officer on board. Find out if there's a LEO on board. Report your activity or what you see to them. Don't sit there and not say anything. Just do it.
1: I think that's a great thing. Sonia, I just want to mention a couple things. I'm a retired fire captain, and I was at ground zero at 9-11. It's very troubling Listening to tonight, talking about the challenges that we have in government and the lack of security that we have currently. Um, you know, it's very troubling because I was there at 911 at ground zero, and it seems as though that people have forgotten what happened on that unfortunate day. The whole country, Democrats, Republicans, everybody was together as Americans. That lasted about five or six years. And now we see what's going on nationally in our government and in our politics, that they forgot that America is first. And, you know, even with, and I'm, like I said, I'm very troubled. I know we can't get into too much specificity because air marshals uh, they have to do a job. We can't really talk about where they are on a plane and things of that nature for security reasons. But it's very troubling that we're not putting the safety of the American people first. And I'm so glad that you're on this show to bring a broader perspective and the challenges that you face in your position as trying to lobby for more security on planes for the air marshals in America today. I'm very, very humbled by the work that you're doing, Michael and I, and we're very, very grateful to have you on this show to shed light on an issue that has gone silent as a result of 9-11.
2: Absolutely. We're going to hold hold on to the line for a few minutes and we'll bring you right back on, Sonia. Thank you so much for the first segment there.
0: You got it, Michael and Chauncey. Thank you so much. And Chauncey, thank you for your service uh, as a firefighter to this country because that that is a special character that does that. So thank
2: you very much.
1: Thank you so much. We'll bring you back in a few moments. Yes, Michael.
2: Oh no, that's just you know it's great to have someone on that's bringing that level of expertise because this is what this is what this country needs. We need to have a wake up call, and we need to have the truth being divulged to the American people. Because I think for so long that people have just sitting back, and when you trust the system, that's when you have the financial downfall of the housing crisis in 2008. Um, under our president, the stock market is at all time high. Levels that's never been seen, the unemployment rates at an all-time low, but I think it starts with being transparent. These are some of the cornerstones that we have to start building on as this nation. That's why the 2020 election is really critical because we need people in Congress who are really willing to ask the tough questions and actually follow through on them.
1: Michael, for those that are uh, just – I realize that the board is lighting up. This is the Michael and Chauncey show. I'm the co-host, Chauncey, and the other host is Michael. We want to thank all of our listeners. We're here to cut through the red tape. We're here on the ground bringing people live to you. On issues that the mainstream media is not covering. The vision of the Michael and Chauncey show is to be a pathway of conservative information in order to educate the American people while protecting and preserving the freedom, liberties, and justice of the Constitution of the United States of America. As we know, the moral fabric of this country has been stretched to the limit because of socialism, because of the democratic social left Okay, and we need to stand up for our country. We need to fight back, as you always talk about, Michael, you and I. We need to preserve our Constitution. This is a sovereign nation. That's why we need border security. We need the border wall because we are a sovereign country. Um, And that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening in. And, and Michael, I'll shoot it back to you.
2: No, I just – I think that right now with this day and age – that needs to step up. We really need to step up. Right now, uh, this next election, you look at Michael Bloomberg, he, he's going to be putting ads out in 46 states at the tune of $34 million. The, the amount of money that people are just throwing into these elections just shows you how that anything's for sale. America, we're for sale. That's what I, That's how I feel about this nation. Everything's for sale. Well, you know what? America isn't for sale The Constitution isn't for sale And we need to start waking up Because the book that we all live by Our Bill of Rights That that outlines the rights of the American people And our forefathers were very intelligent Because they wanted to ensure That we were protected And so in order to do so We have to preserve the rights of the American people And when you give rights to people That aren't Americans equally then that starts to dilute the constitution. And I think that's that's the battle we're facing, and that's called socialism or communism. So when people are trying to bring socialism here, if you look at Iran, what just happened in Iran, and we'll get Sonia back on in a minute, and I'll let you take the interview with her for the second segment. But if you look at Iran, the people in Iran are revolting right now. They are not happy. Soleimani was a was a, someone that was you know similar to, uh, Barack, uh, uh, excuse me, Saddam Hussein, who was the former um, dictator in Iraq. He was you know he he um, gassed the Kurds. If you look at this this Soleimani, this general of the Kurds force, he was terrorizing people. The people in Iran are tired of the sanctions, and the left says, oh well, you know what? He, this is humanitarian. And this is inhumane. Why are you doing this? Well, you know what? These people want to kill people all over the world, and the people, the Iranians, are being persecuted. So that's why when people talk about identity politics, I don't agree with identity politics. If you're an American, you're an American. If you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist. If you're a peaceful person, you're a peaceful person. When you try to uh, paint people into a corner and, and say, oh, well, I don't know this culture. I don't understand this culture. And so, therefore, everyone in that culture is a terrorist. I'm here to say that not everybody in Iran is a terrorist. A lot of them are just peaceful people, but they live in a rogue nation, and so people are going to, you know, we need to pray for the people in Iran because right now they're being persecuted.
1: Yes, they are. And just for a moment before we continue on that, I just want to digress. You talked about Bloomberg. That was a good example of a person spending millions of dollars to alternate or alternate the political climate versus taking that money. And why don't you invest it in the homeless? Why don't you invest it in the opioid epidemic? Why don't you invest it in the homeless? Why don't you take that money invest it in veterans? So these, this is the type of thing, the corruption in politics. He's trying to buy his way and influence uh, towards the American people. But we're here to tell you a different story. We're here to tell you the truth. You can't buy us. We're Americans. We deserve all of our rights and liberties, and we need to do whatever we can to protect them, Michael. And like you said, going back to uh, Soleimani in in Iraq, I, I just find it very troubling and disgusting, as a matter of fact, that the left. Wants to praise that, oh, Donald Trump killed a top-level official department head. And, and are you serious? I don't even know how they can go to sleep at night pandering this nonsense. While we have people in our own cities getting shot and killed every week that I never hear not one of them stand up for. The homeless, the veterans. I never hear them talk about it. And and, and that is the corruption in politics today in America And like I said, Michael, I'm so glad that we have this platform and you have your own platform, I have my own, where we can cut through the red tape and the fake news and give the people the truth right from the ground.
2: Absolutely. Why don't we bring Sonia back on and we can uh, get back into talking about aviation and national security because I still think that there's so much – we haven't even touched the iceberg of information that we need to go over when it comes to national defense and aviation security. As we saw those, 9/11. Mm-hmm. As we saw 9-11, are,
1: right. when somebody <clears throat>
2: takes and uses a plane as a weapon, it can have mass effects similar to a, a, uh, a bomb going off.
1: Amen. This is the Michael and Chauncey Show. Our special guest tonight is President at the Air Marshal National Security Council, Sonia Labasco. We're going to bring her back on the air for a very informative topic about aviation security in our nation and around the world today. <clears throat>
0: Michael and Shanti, Uh, thanks again for for having us on. The Air Marshal National Council, we appreciate the platform. We appreciate the real talk and the real conversations that we're having now about an issue that has gone on for 18 years with the Federal Air Marshal Service and the lack of direction and the lack of commitment from our leaders who are making the average salary for a senior executive service is $145,000. TSA is riddled with TSA, with senior executive service members. This is what we're getting for our money. This is the lack of leadership that we're getting. The government is picking up the tab. We're missing $666 million that's unaccounted for that we can't measure a metric on what we're doing to enhance national security. We must have a change, Michael. You must get elected. Look, we have to
2: help you because we need a real
0: guy. In that position in Congress, that's going to do the right thing.
2: I appreciate Amen. that, and that's absolutely right. To all of our listeners out there, Chauncey's show uh, is Conservative Talk Radio. I have a podcast live with Michael Blooming, Jr., but you can follow me on Twitter for USA Freedom. You can also contribute to my campaign, Michael Blooming, Michael Blooming for Congress, at michaelbloomingforcongress.com, and it's really imperative because it is it is a uh, election that's really critical and as you see in Congress, we have a lot of people, they run on platforms. I was just at the uh, American Legion tonight, and some guy said, well, you know, a lot of people get into office and politics, and they say they're going to do one thing, and they do another. And it's very important, these subjects that we're talking about, whether it's aviation security, national security, we're talking about foreign policy, we're talking about uh, securing our borders. Because one of the things is is that some of these bomb-making materials in the Middle East, they're trying to get those materials into the United States. So with that, Sonia, what are some ways that we can prevent that, and what kind of training do the air marshals really need to be able to do their job efficiently?
0: Well, there's, there's a lot of ways that we, we defend, detect, and detour, right? One of, one of the things that we talked about detouring, and what we look at is the air marshals as a tactical approach. When we're on the aircraft, and we're positioned in a particular way that we know works, right? We know what we can signal to our partners, we know what we can do within our internal group. When TSA has come in in the let's say the fourth quarter of the ball game and they've rearranged everything to where now our air marshals are not where we need to be. When we're talking about explosive device, IEDs, which we already know that Richard Reed tried that with with the shoe bomb. We know the guy with the underwear bomber that came in. We already know that terrorists are looking and trying ways to sneak and get things into our country. What we have got to do is increase our international flight, our international tempo. That is one thing. I have to tell you that President Ronald Reagan knew. Now, this – this is not reinventing the wheel. These processes have been in place since 1961 with JFK. The problem happened in 2005 when we were transferred over to the Transportation Security Administration. In 1985, Ronald Reagan knew after the hijacking of TWF flight 847 that the international mission tempo should increase and would increase. And he made that happen because he knew he knew that we had Islamic revelants. Radical terrorists that were trying to harm America. How is it that we have gone so far off base after the largest terrorist attack on our own ground in 2001? How do we get this far away from where we are today with the air marshals?
2: We're trying to bring it
0: back to what's real.
2: That's true. And when you talk about TSA and the FAA directing flight attendants to pivot drink carts to stop a 9-11-style attack on an unlocked cockpit door without an Israeli ELAL cockpit secondary barrier. Why don't you talk about the cockpit and how we can fortify that?
0: Well, and let's it. what happened on 9-11. How did they get into the cockpit? It was only when what? The door was open, Right. So that we're not dealing with a scenario that, hey, what could happen if this occurs? We already know what happened on 9-11. One thing the airlines have got to do, the stakeholders, even the American public, they have to realize a drink cart parked in front of the cockpit is not going to stop anyone. It might be a deterrent for those of us that are law-abiding citizens, but what is that for a person that's on a mission to take over that aircraft? That's not going to stop them. They're not gonna think twice about it. What we've got to do is change the way that we're thinking. We've got to quit trying to get by on a shoestring. That's what everybody's trying to do. They just wanna make the appearance that we have national security. The air marshals wanna make sure that we have national security. No one seems to be listening to that point. 18 plus years
2: experts. No, that's that's important, and then also HR 911 would mandate that cockpit secondary barriers. So, wh- wh- how does all this come into play, and how can we drive the change to really have Congress? And when I get in there, that won't be until 2021, but we might have the threat approaching us now. How can we address that? I think
0: the airlines are going to have to take some accountability. I think Boeing and Airbus needs to step up to the plate, right? They're building this – they're manufacturing these aircraft. They know what the problem is. They understand the security breaches. Are they just making a, 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 a product and pushing it out on the American public? If we have a recall on our, our seatbelts in our car, who's responsible for that? Ford? Chevy? Who's responsible? I think we need to start assigning responsibility to those that, that already know where the issues are. And Airbus and Boeing need to step
2: up to the plate. So if we've seen in the bring up the automobile industry, you've seen that um, in these airplanes, you've seen you know we've known engineers have pointed out deficiencies, and they've been hushed hushed through the organization, and then only through several you know malfunctions, loss of light, has the truth actually come to light in very limited capacity, and then you know even the the amount of consequences don't equal the crime. And that's, I think that's one of the problems we have, and that's what I want to fight in Congress is going after white-collar crime because a lot of these executives, they get away with the crimes. They know the deficiencies, and instead of putting the money, which could be a millions in millions and cut into the profits and the billions of dollars that are being lost for the company if they were to correct the deficiency once a product is rolled out or if they're too far along in the production process, to go back and fix the problem is going to be too time consuming and they're going to miss their deadline of what they're trying to reach. Um, it's kinda of like Titanic. If you look at Titanic, the you know, the story of why the Titanic crashed, you know, everything, you know, they had to get the, the ship into New York and they wanted this grand entrance. And then that's when everyone died because everybody was rushing. And then where's the accountability after that? Well, and and, and this is the thing, Michael and Chauncey,
0: I mean, the public, having these individuals that sit on the board of directors for Boeing and Airbus, let's bring them down to the 9-11 memorial. Let's set up a platform so everyone can come and ask them, what did they do? Why are they not invested in not having another 9-11, right? I think they need to be publicly outed. I think they should be put somewhere where they can be put on public display like the 9-11 memorial every time that I walk by there see that that's all I think about somebody's family member one of our brothers and sisters died there and guess what they didn't have to they didn't have to that's going to be a mark on our our history forever so those individuals that are sitting back getting big checks and reaping the benefits ought to be held accountable they should come down and face the public
2: now, you know, here goes the thing, Sonia. The American people, they're not stupid, but we have so much social ch- content that's being distributed. How do people get access to this interview? The reason why I approach Chauncey, um, you know, he's 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 been in political office. Um, I think he's somebody that's very educated, has a great platform through his radio shows, and, I, and I'm running for Congress, and I have my own platforms. And I said, Chauncey… Let's do this show so that we can merge our platforms together and talk about real things that the American people aren't used to receiving into their living rooms, into their cars, into their, their, um, their software, that they're, any software they're receiving, their information, whether on their computer, their smartphone, wherever they're getting their information, how do we get it to them? And the, the, the way they get it to them is the power of the people the people have to share information which what we're talking about and they have to understand the need. I kind of look at it like uh Katrina. When Hurricane Katrina happened, a lot of people have sympathy and we understand that the the barriers broke and, and you know we needed to do more and and you know hopefully now, you know, the more protections are in place if if the right things were done down in Louisiana, but unless you were there, you don't really understand the full scope of what occurred and what the families went through, what people that lived there went through. And I kind of view 9-11 the same way. Unless you were there, Amen. we have sympathy for 9-11. But we don't understand what happened. My kids are 13 and 15. They'll be 14 and 16 this year. They weren't even 11 on 9-11. I was already out of the military. I was serving on 9-11. I was over in Germany actually at a war fighting ex- exercise with all the officers in Europe. On 9 11, I was now, you know, overseas serving our country. So I got to experience the terrorists, and, and you know, I was in the Kosovo conflict in 2000, and then the global ter- war on terrorism after. And so what happens is, is that people either forget the history of this country or they're not subjected to it in a way where it's that close to them. If somebody has cancer in their family and they have a death in the family, then all of a sudden it becomes real. But if you don't have, you know, someone in your family doesn't have cancer, you can hear about it, you can understand it. And I think a lot of these things are what's happening now in our country when it comes to national security. Until we have a Boston Marathon bombing, until we have a 9-11, people are just assuming that the system is working. But until you start to question and dig deeper – and I've always been a person that's very interested in in finding solutions to problems and and asking those critical questions, and and it shouldn't be after the fact. It should be done before, and these are the things that this kind of information is so critical that we need to start talking about this information. But it's only going to be pertinent if, first of all, the people that are going into Congress, such as myself, follow through on what they say. But then also the American people take responsibility that they they have a responsibility to question their leaders. They need to call their congressmen, to call their state senators, to call their state representatives, to call the U.S. senators. They need to call and demand that their safety. And so when you have a sanctuary city, that is going against everything that we're discussing tonight. Well, and I think just what you and Chauncey are doing now –
0: in the grassroots movement, remember, the people are the ones that vote, not the process, not the paperwork. Individuals come out to vote, and you are so right, Michael. People need to be reeducated or reinvigorated. What happened on 9-11, and Chauncey, you were there at ground zero. What happened on 9-11 changed everything in our country. It changed it. I don't care who you are, or where you were, when you saw those planes hit that Twin Tower, And you knew it was an act of terrorism. Our world as we knew it changed, period. It changed. And for our youth to know that and for the air marshals that I know, my colleagues who have died doing this job 18 years later, they have lost, children have lost their parents. They lost it at 9-11, but there's been a lot of loss since then, too, and that loss is not being recognized. There are men and women that are willing to put their life on the line every day at 30,000 feet with no backup, no backup. Those are our heroes. Those are the individuals uh, that we need to recognize in our country.
1: Uh, you're absolutely correct, Sonia, and I just wanted to uh, give a footnote to my ex-wife who's been a, a flight attendant for you lines for over 30 years. Uh, it takes an immense amount of courage for her to be a flight attendant, as well as air marshals, as anyone who protects to protect the safety of our people, as stated being 30,000 feet up in the air. We can't take that for granted. People have forgotten uh, that 9-11 existed, and it's, it's sad. Even when we look at our leaders talking today in Congress, they forgot about what being an American means, in protecting our our security they forgot and here with along with you and we're so humbled and blessed and thankful to remind people about it and that's one of the reasons why Michael and I joined because yes we want to get information to the people that the fake news and that the mainstream is not covering because what we're talking about impacts directly people's lives I want to thank so much, uh, Miss Labosco, for coming on the show and sharing your insight and the importance of we need to rethink how we look at aviation security, and we need to put pressure on our legislators to look at this issue. How we can improve the safety? Has the safety work that it will change it? I want to thank you for your courage for standing up for the American people and coming on our show and offering uh, your advice. Uh, to us, and we will get this information forward.
2: And also Sonia, also, Sonia, can you give your information where people can connect with you and, and try to get involved if they want to volunteer their time or, or donate some resources to try to make this a priority in their community?
0: Absolutely. You can find us on Facebook at Air Marshal National Council. We're on the web at com. My information is connected to this show tonight, Michael and Chauncey. Feel free to share it. Any type of program or anything in the future, if you need air marshals to call in, if you want to talk to them, of course they can identify themselves. Any type of of public forum that you want to host, any meet and greet, you let us know. We've got plenty of retired air marshals that are here on our council working every day to make this change. We are committed to this country. God bless America. God bless you both for your service to our country, and together we can do great things.
2: And, Sonia, if they're down here in South Florida, make sure they contact me, and I will start getting an alliance together to try to uh, get a battle plan together before uh, I get to Congress so that we can execute an operational order.
0: I thank you so much. We need out of TSA We need to go to Homeland Security Investigations And for that my friend We will show up any day Anywhere of the week to try to make this happen
1: Thank you very much And God bless you uh, Miss Labato.
0: You guys have a great night God bless America Good night, Good
1: night. Michael that was An awesome informative Interview about aviation of course it didn't cover everything, but it covered some of the most important parts about lack of consciousness in Congress to address the need for uh, a stricter uh, aviation security and the assistance need. They're not listening to them. Uh and, and that said, uh it's you know, I hope that we do not and I pray uh, we don't have another tragedy before act um because that would be that was very very sad, you know. Um so I'm glad that we have the <laughs> opportunity to ask on air air security, um, because it's a subject that has not been since about since nine eleven. And it's it's gone unnoticed and I'm we're raising the awareness and I hope that we could have her back on the show again um, to talk more in depth uh, uh, about uh, air security, air marshal security.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, to all of our listeners on there, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. It airs every Tuesday and Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. You can contribute to the show at patron.com And for the Michael and Chauncey Show, we need all the support to expand the program, get better quality content out to the American people, because this is a grassroots effort. One of the things I realize in business is that everything doesn't have to be perfect. It's the message that matters. Um, I've got, you know, I'm on TV a lot for running for Congress and before that through a lot of the work that I've done. And one thing I try to portray to the American people is realness and, and authenticity of myself and not trying to be somebody that I'm not and always believing in a core value system that's based around America and our core values as a country and through the constitution of the United States of America. So we're very excited about the show. It, it, it is good information and we need to share it. We need to tell our friends or our neighbors about some of the things we're talking about. We have great guests on the show. We've been talking about child sex trafficking, eradicating that. We've had people from running for Congress all over the country. We've been able to talk about security of IED crisis. I mean, we really have – people need to go back and listen to the shows. We'd have Boots on the Ground, Bikers for Trump. Uh, We've been able to just talk about so many issues, but the next show coming up on Thursday, January sixteenth, two 2020, we have Tom Norton who's running for Congress in Michigan, and we also have Joe Collins who's running against Maxine Waters, and that's going to be from 7 to 8 p.m. on the 16th. It's very important that we we promote the show, we help – share the message out there, and we get people on the show who want to make a difference and who want to help America because this is what it's about. It's about a better quality of life for the American people, and the way that we do that is that we ensure that we put ourselves in a position to have good people in position of, of political prestige where they're looking out for America. I believe our president, Donald Day Trump, has done that since he came da- off the escalator. And I believe that in 2020, it's going to be a critical year and we need all your support. So support the Michael and Chauncey show, support your local leaders who are trying to drive change, who ain't rhinos, who aren't rhinos. And it's not about the establishment. It's about the American people. And that's what's important to me. And I know that's important to Chauncey. So thank you so much for that. And uh, Chauncey, if you have any closing words before we close out the show.
1: I just want to say thank you very much again, Michael, for this opportunity to have this platform to have real talk, real issues, and real people on our show directly to the American people to save our country and to protect our nation. We only have about 30 seconds left, so I want to say thank you again. God bless America. God bless our president. God bless all of those who have come on our show to help make a difference for our country. As Michael said, please follow us every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 o'clock at the Michael and Chauncey Show on Twitter, Liberty Today, USA, the Michael and Chauncey Show at Patreon. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you all, and have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon.